Hey guys, this is Steven, and I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, which is Anchor. Anchor is free and super user friendly, as well as it is a platform that distributes each episode to all the streaming platforms that you love, such as iTunes, Spotify, and many more. Last but not least, it also has all the tools in the app itself to help you start your own podcast today. So start your very own podcast today by downloading the Anchor app that is free as well as you can go to anchor.fm to get started today on your amazing podcast you've been waiting on to do for so long. Thanks, guys. What's up, all you creative folk out there? We are super excited to be back. I know that you guys have probably have not seen us as active on our social media or anything like that for some time, but hey, we're back in full swing. We're super excited. Today in our podcast, Amber and I get to just have such a fun time with one of her vocal coaches, Tim Carson. He is phenomenal. He's such a family guy. He loves people. He loves his family. He loves just to constantly just be someone that is championing on other people. So we hope you hear that in this episode on this podcast. And if you don't know what this is, this is the Panama podcast. This is just place where creatives come collaborate and to be able to build family community and creativity hey everybody and we have with us today tim carson who is a renowned vocal coach and somebody i've worked under for a couple of sessions and he's been invaluable to me in my growth and my singing um and we are going to interview him today so welcome tim Thanks, glad to be here. Hey, Tim. So, um, are you, what do you do like in the creative world? Or I heard you're a coach from Amber. So, are you specifically a coach? Do you play instruments as well? Like, tell us a little bit about like what that looks like for you. Yeah, yeah. For me, the, um, the singing bug bit when I was 15 years old, my sophomore year of high school, I was, um, I played quarterback on the football team back in the day and was um, uh, one of the leading scorers on the basketball team and um, the music bug bit. And I walked in my junior year and quit everything and knew at that point, um, this is what I've got to do for the rest of my life. So I've been a singer uh, ever since. Um, grew up out in the Pacific Northwest, um, Seattle, and then moved to Eastern Oregon, small little hick cowboy town, farming community. Um, and yeah, when I graduated, only applied to schools in Chicago and New York because they were big and far away and um, known for music and the arts. And yeah, I did undergrad and grad school. Um, and pursued my singing career. And um, shortly after graduating undergrad, um, did some vocal coaching, and that became um, kind of a, a part of this whole pursuit of developing my own um, singing ability and music ability. And have been coaching singers and singing uh, full-time ever since. Never earned a paycheck doing anything else my whole career. Wow. That's incredible. Um, so where are you currently now since you've been a lot of places? So where did you end up landing at? Yeah, after undergrad and grad school in Chicago, um, got stuck there for about 15 years and 
um, now I'm back home in Seattle and um, have been back for um, 15 years. So yeah, I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the Northwest. So I know obviously you're my vocal coach, but, um, and you do vocal coaching, but you've done a lot of things, bigger format type things, group coaching. And then also you work with, um, I don't know what the proper term is, but vocal rehab in a way you help people get over vocal injuries. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, you know, when, um, things got to the point where I could pretty much do whatever I was doing, um, as long as I was close to an, a, a major airport, it was time to get back home and get out of Chicago. So, um, moved back to Seattle and for about when I first started vocal artistry, um, for about a decade, um, I did some individual vocal coaching, but the majority of what I did was larger conferences and workshops all over North America. So I would do 30 to 35 travel trips a year during that time. Um, super busy, um, just, and really all over the place throughout Canada, um, coast to coast and North to South, um, in the continental U S. Um, and that was great. It, um, it was really wonderful to, um, take the techniques and things that I've developed with vocal artistry and the technique I teach there to so many different singers. Um, but yeah, in the last five years, um, the sexiness of travel for work wore off a long time ago. And, um, and also just, um, having that itch to get back and, and give more of my, um, career and um, life energy to seeing the development process for individual singers. So um, I'm back to doing that now um, and, and do very little travel. I, I limit my travel to just once a month. Um, but yeah, the majority of what I'm doing now is back to individual training. And it's, it's, it's great. It's wonderful to be back in that process and see the transformation of where people start and where they end up and have a front row seat to that process. And, you know, it's so, each person is, uh, it, it's such an individual process. Um, each, each person, their background, the, the challenges that they come up with are unique. And so that, that keeps things interesting and fun and exciting to learn each person that I'm working with. And then, yeah, recently um, I had a, probably three years ago now, I had a student um, who, thought she was having some trouble with her vocal cords. I was pretty convinced that she was just fine, but I could tell she wasn't going to be able to rest easy at night unless she heard it straight from a doctor. So um, it was the first time since I'd been back in Seattle that uh, we needed to search out a otolaryngologist. Um, I had a guy, one of the best in the business, uh, Dr. Robert Bastian back in Chicago that I would refer people to and occasionally people would come to me from. Um, so did some research around Seattle and found Dr. Albert Marotti, who's one of the best in the nation right now, up and coming, um, really on the cutting edge of the otolaryngology field. So yeah, went with her to her appointment and met Dr. Marotti and some of his speech pathologists there um, at University of Washington and um, just got chatting with him. And he's like, hey, you should come to this conference that I'm doing next month. And 
so I went and just continued to get to know him over the years. And um, then that next year, he invited me to come speak at the conference. And, um, and then somebody there was the, um, one of the keynotes at that conference that I was spoke at was uh, the head of otolaryngology at University of Texas, San Antonio. So he said, hey, you should come speak at my conference in Vegas next year. And so um, suddenly I'm finding myself in this world of, you know, getting up in front of the conference in Vegas. Um, you know, it was mostly voice doctors from all over the country. A very intimidating crowd to stand up and talk in front of. Um, but talking to them about um, what are the practices for developing pop and rock singers because that's who I work with um, you know if somebody comes to me and they want to go to the Metropolitan Opera I bid them best wishes and send them on their way to <laughs> find another vocal coach because there's not a shortage of vocal coaches that'll train you classically out there but yeah I've um, focused exclusively on pop and rock mainstream um, stylistic singers so talking to this medical world about okay what are the practices that I use to develop voices in this style in a way that has um, in integrity um, with um, you know, developing them in a healthy way that's sustainable and is going to keep them out of the otolaryngologist's office. So that's been fun. Um, and from that, they've started to send me uh, some of the folks who come through their office uh, there at University of Washington, who, you know, I had a gal that had vocal hemorrhages um, that she was recovering from um, on her vocal cords. Um, and, you know, another guy that was um, just, yeah, completely raspy, blown out, probably nodules. Um, and yeah, working with singers in more of a rehab process initially than a development process. And that's fun. That's a, a whole different, um, different uh, approach and things that you look at rehabbing somebody's voice rather than just developing it. Yeah. And it leads right into developing it once they have accomplished rehab. Yeah. Once we get on the other side of that, you know, it's kind of like going to the physical therapist versus a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. um, you got an injury and you need that PT to help reestablish um, first to just heal you, but then to, assess, okay, what was it that caused the injury in the first place and how can we steer around that and develop healthy practices? And yeah, then once you're healthy, then it's time to hit the gym and bulk up the muscles and push the body a little further and go yeah. see a personal trainer. Yeah, I love that. And I, I love that I have actually personally witnessed this myself because one of the cool things that I've got to experience through doing vocal lessons with you is the he does individual, but then we get together as a group and it's very vulnerable because, um, you know, I can stand in front of my whole, you know, church or church family and, or friends and family and sing, but you get in a group of 12 people, you don't know. And all of a sudden the nerves hit, but I got to say, it is one of the best experiences that I've ever had. It helps you grow in so many ways. So I love that group environment. And, and there were people in that group environment that I met that had gone through the vocal rehab and were in the, I would say, development step. And it was just incredible to see what, they, what happened and where they went with their voice. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, and that group environment, I just, I really believe in it. Um, you know, when I was part of what I did when I was in Chicago is I was on the staff at Willow Creek Community Church and 
um, working with singers there. And, um, you know, I just saw this, you know, I would work with the singers there in my studio and they would take the short walk from my studio to the green room and then walk on stage and sing in front of 5,000 people. And um, the, the gap, um, the distance between my studio and that stage of, you know, doing four services over the weekend with 5,000 people in each one, um, they would revert back to their old habits. And so there was a need for an in-between stage between the one-on-one studio where they could develop a level of comfortability and um, safety and experiment with these new things that they were trying with their voice. But then you put that in front of 5,000 people and it's like, ah, you know, I can't step out of my comfort zone and rely on this new feeling, new sound, new coordination, um, and reverting back then to, even though it's not serving them well, it, it, it's known. And so reverting back to those old habits. So the class, um, you know, one of, on one level, it provides that in-between stage between the vocal studio and the performance environment where everything's on the line and you gotta deliver the goods. It's still that safe environment where there's a safety net where you can fall flat on your face in that environment and it's okay. That's what we're there for. Um, but you're still dealing with that nervous energy and it's still a performance. You still got people there and the equipment and the sound system. And um, so it's a great in-between stage because if, if you can do it in that studio class environment, um, translating it from there into performance um, is, it's a, is a much easier step. Mm-hmm. And then just the support, you know, Amber's seen it. Um, you know, I just, I cultivate an environment with every one of those classes where it, it's not about establishing a pecking order of who's the best in the studio and where's everybody at. We're all at the same place because we're all in the same endeavor because we're there because we want to get better. We want to mm-hmm. um, identify what's holding us back and everybody's, everybody else's biggest cheerleader. And that's such a cool thing to feel that support of the artists around you. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about just the competitive nature that can come up in artistic circles. And that's just never been the context for any of the classes that I teach. It's a supporting, nurturing environment that really um, helps people take those risks and uh, make those steps forward and realize their potential. Wow, that sounds a lot like uh, something we're trying to create in Poyama, like uh, more of a family atmosphere and kind of getting rid of the competitive, you know, where we'll have the rooms for recording studio videography, like we've talked about in other podcasts, right? But then we have this common place in the middle where people can come together and collaborate and support one another. And I love that, that whole picture is just incredible. And that's something that Poyama is very passionate about. Um, so I keep asking all the questions. You can go next, Stephen, but I have a question. <laughs> this always happens, but <laughs> um, what would you say is your favorite moment in your career? Like where something just was like, whoa, this is my, I love what I do and this is why kind of thing. Oh man. It's hard. hard. Yeah. Cause, um, you know, just a little bit of my backstory, um, you know, growing up in Eastern Oregon, um, you know, my 
folks split up, dad kind of left the picture completely. And so I was this poor kid in this small little hick town in Eastern Oregon that was being raised by a single mom on food stamps. Um, so the things that I've been able to do with my career, um, there's been so many moments where I've just stepped back from the situation and just pinched myself and gone, is this real? Like, is this my life? Is this really what I get to do and experience? Um, you know, like a couple, I can't pick just one, but just, and I haven't given any thought to it, but just, you know, immediately these videos that roll through my mind um, as soon as you ask the question. Um, one of them was, I remember I had um, two um, weekends of conferences. Uh, the first weekend I was in Charleston, South Carolina, and then the second weekend I was in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And so I had this dead time in between. And um, so rather than fly all the way back home from Charleston to just turn around the next day and fly all the way back, I just I stayed that week in between in the Carolinas. And I'm a huge Duke basketball fan. Um, you know, even though I quit sports my junior year, I, um, I'm, I, I, I still love sports and play and watch very um, enthusiastically. So I got to go to Duke University and I remember just, you know, walking around the campus and it's just this gorgeous, beautiful campus, the chapel that they have. Um, uh, I walked in there and the organ master just happened to be doing his practice for the day. So I got to sit there by myself in the Duke University chapel and hear, you know, one of the best organists in the world just, you know, making this old pipe organ just sing um, and got to see a Duke uh, basketball game there at Cameron Indoor Stadium and so it was just you know one of these moments of gosh wow this is um, look look at the opportunities that um, this career path has, has provided to me uh, another one that jumps out was um, got to know Paul Balash because we were you know he was leading worship for a lot of the conferences that I was speaking at and so we just, you know, hanging out in the green room and um, he came by and sent his assistant to come by all my CDs, you know, at one of the conferences and I'm like, no, 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 Paul, just have them. Um, but yeah, we just got to know him over the years. And so he, he said, you know, I live in this little town outside about an hour outside of Dallas, um, but I'd love to bring you down. And so that next season I had a, a conference in Dallas and I said why don't we just tag it on I'll just stay an extra few days and drive out there so he hosted this conference for his church but uh, he you know let the other churches in the area know what was going on and um, but he told me when he came down he's like one of the things I want to make sure we do is I want a voice lesson um, while you're down here so it was right before we we, we ended up meeting for coffee earlier that morning and we thought we'd do the voice lesson there but we ended up chatting and we got we got going for like four hours in this little coffee shop just talking each other's heads off great guy so down to earth and um and so we didn't get the voice lesson in so we're at the conference we're doing sound check we get set up and got a little bit of time before it starts and he's like Let, let's find a spot around here to to do a lesson so we looked around none of the spots um we couldn't really find a room 
So we went back behind this church, this auditorium that we were at, and we're in this field with all these trees around it. Paul's got his guitar. And so I, I gave Paul Balash a voice lesson out in this wow. field behind an auditorium. Um, and he was, uh, he was working on Hosanna. He was, yeah. um, and so I gave him some tips and some different things to, to do with his voice around that. And so it was, again, that was one of those pinch me moments of, I'm in this field behind an auditorium with Paul Balash coaching him on Hosanna. Like, how, how fun is this? Yeah. Wow. That is an incredible picture. Amazing. Yeah, that is super amazing. All right, Amber, I guess it's my turn to go. Your turn. <laughs> and Stephen, be really careful about giving the reins back to her because you, you might not get the microphone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tim knows me well. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so I did some little bit of research on you, like, and I saw that you um, worked with Glee a little bit. Is that correct? Actually, I didn't. Um, didn't. Okay. This isn't the first time this has happened. So Tim Davis, who is the onset um, uh, vocal coach and vocal arranger and vocal contractor for Glee, mm -hmm. um, he's one of the top studio session singers in LA. Um, he was also the, and I think he still is, the um, vocal director for Saddleback Church. Okay. So cool. he used to bring me all the, he used to bring me down to Saddleback all the time for their conferences and to, to do special workshops for his team. Um, and he threw me a bone one time and gave a really nice recommendation for me. So you probably came across that and the Tim Davis and the Tim Carson um, and the Glee thing. No, that's, he's the Glee guy, but the Glee guy said that, I'm I'm a good I'm a decent vocal coach. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh. you'll, you'll take. go for it. <laughs> I was gonna say he's worked with a lot of people, so it didn't. When you said that, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had folks on. Um, I've had students on American Idol. I've had students on The Voice. I've got folks. We, uh, Steve and I were just talking about one of them who. I met when she was still a teenager and now she's um, got a record contract and touring around the country. And so, um, yeah, it's, I've, I've gotten to work with some really top tier professional singers. Um, some of them who sing in front of um, tens of thousands of people every week. Um, but I also have brand new beginners who um, have always felt this passion and this desire to sing and they've just never really fully stepped into the development process and really honed their craft. Um, and so it's, it's really the whole gamut. And um, Amber, having been a part of a couple of the sessions um, that I've taught, um, is, that's represented there in, in those classes of folks who are just investigating it and maybe taking lessons for the very first time in their life. Um, and on the other side of the spectrum, you've got folks who are doing this for a living and earning a paycheck with it. Um, and I love, I love the diversity of that. I love, I love working with the, that whole spectrum. Yeah, that's really important because, you know, you can't just like, oh, I'm going to work with professionals or only work with people that are doing this. Like you want to like constantly have like a wide array because your passion and love for music and the, the, whole, the whole journey of 
um, vocally training as well as like, it's more than just training people. You're helping them face their fears, helping them face their doubts. You're helping them to recovery and like music is such a bigger thing than people really believe or know. Like it's an instrument that can be used to, you know, continually bring you up into, out of dark places or even shine light into dark places. And it's that kind of a space where you are like in, entirely growing um, people daily within that. Um, so, so true. Yeah. I mean, the more and more I do this, the more and more I recognize all the stuff that I went to school for and was trained for uh, the technique of singing and all of that stuff is only a part of the whole puzzle. You know, so many times the breakthroughs that people experience it's it's facing those demons that hold them back and that chatter in their head that says you're not enough or mm -hmm. it's not safe for you to fully commit yourself to your voice um and or any number of different things and so i really feel like the process of vocal development is more than just a process of honing musical skills and technical ability it's really an opportunity to become the best version of yourself because whatever's holding you back from your fullest vocal expression is exactly the stuff that's showing up in life. It's the stuff that's showing up in your career. It's the stuff that's showing up in your relationships. And it gives people the opportunity to face these things that are holding them back um, and that really aren't true. Um, and for, so for them to step into their truth and move beyond the things that are impeding their full expression in the world, not just in their singing, but in other areas of their life as well. So yeah, it's, it's really, it's amazing to have a front row seat to that process as well. Totally. So I had a question for you, um, was like, who inspires you? I know you went to like different schools and different things. So uh, any professors, any people that you look to daily or uh, monthly or get to have conversations with that help and mentor your process as a vocal coach? Yeah, a couple guys that come to mind. Um, <clears throat> my high school director in this small little town, I've, I've thanked him a number of times because there's no reason in the world that we should have had the quality music program that we had in this little podunk town in Eastern Oregon. Um, and it's all due to him and his instruction. And um, so I got a, a really a first rate um, music vocal education um, through high school. And he recognized something my sophomore year, some potential and pulled me aside and said, hey, um, if this is something that you want to pursue, um, I'll give you lessons. And he knew um, I didn't have money for lessons. I you know, didn't have money for basketball shoes when I was playing basketball. Mm -hmm. um, so he, but he didn't give it to me. He said, I will keep track. Here's my hourly rate and I will keep track of how much you owe me. And during the summer, you come by my house and I'll have some projects for you and you work it off. So <clears throat> it was serious business, man. I, I, I built this guy a fence. I think I still have the calluses from the fence hole diggers. Built this guy a fence one summer. I terraced his backyard one summer. It just went like straight down. And so by the end of the summer, you know, it had these things. So I'm like moving earth. Um, wow. But, um, but he, it gave me, um, I'm, I've thanked him not only for seeing the potential in me and investing in that, but
but also not giving me a handout because um, it really gave me, um, I saw the value in what I was being given and uh, brilliant um, piece of leadership and coaching on, on his part. So J. Michael Frazier in La Grand Oregon, um, got to throw out some props to him for sure. Uh, seeing that potential I had, investing in it, um, and helping me establish the foundation that led to the next steps I was able to take. Mm -hmm. And then my grad school vocal coach, um, Dr. Ronald Combs, um, he reminds me of the Robin Williams character in Goodwill Honey. Uh, got a doctorate degree in voice from Northwestern University, one of the top music programs in the nation. Um, he sang professional opera throughout the Midwest. And he was the head of the department for this no-name state university in downtown Chicago. And absolutely brilliant. He's worked with Grammy Award winners, Tony Award winners, some of the top professionals in the business. Um, and I got to sit under his teaching for 10 years, um, five years while I was um, getting my master's degree. Um, and he was my vocal coach and um, advisor through that whole program. And then five years um, outside of that context. But um, yeah, he's the most well-read vocal pedagogue I've ever come across. In his house, he literally had one of those libraries with a ladder that goes around the room, you know, to the different um, shelves so that you can climb up to it, like a little, a real legit library in his house. And a lot of those books were vocal pedagogy books, um, stuff that's been written over the last, you know, few hundred years. And he knows it all. And, and he was in his 70s when I was working with him. And as soon as a new book would come out, he was on it. He would fly out to L.A. to meet this Seth Riggs guy and take some lessons with him. Um, he was just always learning. And um, that gave him this vast pool of knowledge to draw from. And his techniques were cutting edge. Um, he was doing stuff that, you know, a lot of the vocal coaches in town, the other universities were saying were heresy and that he should be burned at the stake for um, all of the stuff that he was, the renegade vocal techniques that he was, he was doing. But I learned so much from him and so much of what I've developed in the technique that I teach is really drawn from um, the foundation that I got from him. Um, and that his um, invitation to think outside the box and to not be so stuck to um, here, this is, this is my method and my approach, and this is how it has to be. But to really step in and see each singer as an individual and take everything I know about the voice and have the mindset, how can I help this person? What, what do about, of, of what I know of how the voice works and what I'm hearing from this person, what, how can I best help them to unleash the voice that's in there and, and find the best sound for them as an individual? Um. Kind of skipping through your, it's awesome uh, answering so many of these things. Um, I love what you said. We always talk uh, to the person we're going to be having an interview with right before the podcast. And sometimes they say things that I'm like, oh, we need to share that. And you had said that you built this career um, knowing that you wanted to build in some time off in the summers and specifically um, to spend time with your kids. Um, I just think that's such a cool 
thing that a lot of people don't give themselves permission to do anymore these days. So can you talk about that just a little bit, maybe inspire somebody a little bit if they're thinking about doing that? Yeah, when I started vocal artistry 15 years ago now, um, I was considering going the whole college tenure track um, professor gig. And you know, the college professor schedule, they get the summers off and a lot of time off around the holidays and spring break. And um, so as I stepped back and was starting this, just gave myself the permission to just dream and imagine what do I really want my life to look like? And um, you know, as creatives, it's so important that we allow ourselves time to refuel. Um, there's a book that came out um, probably 20 years ago now, but it used the analogy of a cow with the creative process. And, you know, a cow doesn't look like it's doing anything all day long. It's just sitting there chewing grass, but it's creating all day long. And every morning it's got milk to produce. And for creatives, we need that same kind of grazing time. We need time. We need unproductive time that to the corporate world would look like uh, this is this guy's lazy. Um, but it's that regenerative time that allows for that creative output. So yeah, I take the summers off. Um, my first son just went off to college last year and I don't regret a single moment that I got to spend to him because it goes so fast and it's never going to be the same again. He will never be a full-time resident in my home again. Um, and I'm so glad that I've gotten to maximize that time while, while I had it. Well, that is awesome. I love what you said there. And I think, I don't know, I just feel like other people need to hear that because um, it's just so important, especially when, you know, the world we live in wouldn't like you to think that way or maybe wouldn't not wouldn't like you to but it's just not common and so sometimes you feel like if you're taking that time off that you're doing something wrong when really you're not i love what you said about how you can probably produce maybe more through just taking that rest time because your body needs it yeah mm -hmm. um it needs it your soul needs it like yeah the best the best stuff the songs the videos the the creative stuff that happens, the concepts for movies, they don't happen when somebody's got their nose to the grindstone and is cranking things out. It happens in that space where you know we can feed our souls and allow ourselves to dream. Yeah. That kind of brings us to a really good next question. Um, how do you think that Poyama could help you or others um, as an artist or creative? Well, um, I love the vision that you guys have and, um, you know, creating a community where artists can thrive and be encouraged and developed and have space to do that. Um, so yeah, it sounds, I'm, I'm very excited for you guys and, um, the vision and dreams that you guys have, um, and, um, what's in store there. So it sounds like, um, that's a no brainer, uh, wonderful environment for artists to really be able to flourish and um, yeah if there's an opportunity to work with any of um, the singers that come through that environment um, would would love to um, partner with um, with those singers and um, 
be whatever resource I could be to them in their development. Yeah, that's awesome. I know um, that you have done these conferences in the past, but maybe someday down the road, it would be so cool. Maybe have you come do like a two day intensive or something at Poyama. So hopefully we'll yeah, get a hold of you. Yeah. Get you on for that. Yeah, um, over the last few years since um, uh, coming back to coaching um, individually, on a full-time basis and having the travel and the larger conferences be more of kind of a side thing here and there as I'm able to fit it in. Um, the, the online um, portion of what I do has really opened up um, a whole other side of the individual coaching. Um, you know, part of the passion and value and the amount of travel I was doing before was to take the techniques and things that I don't know where else I would send somebody to get some of the unique aspects of the technique and approach that I use. So to make those things available to a wider group of people and not be limited by geography, um, you know, but now with uh, as accessible as video conferencing is like we're doing right now, um, I, I have a Seattle-based program that Amber's been a part of, but I also have an exact replica of that program that's all based online. So a combination of individual coaching and the monthly studio classes um, that all take place in, in an online environment. Um, and so that makes it available to, I've got folks all over North America, um, up into Canada, coast to coast, um, so um, that's, yeah, it's, it's not limited by geography and you don't have to be in Seattle in order to be a part of that experience. That's, that's awesome. So um, question for you regarding like Poyama. Do you see uh, Poyama like being like a great avenue for you as a vocal coach? Like because you said that you see like you can train them and like you've seen them like go and do tours and go on to different kinds of like uh, films or make other kind of, um, um, there's so many different like paths and endeavors they can pursue, but like as a vocal coach, do you see Poyama like being a good route that you would recommend to your, or refer to, um, to your clients? Yeah, I think that any, um, any arts, organization that is cultivating people's talents and igniting that passion and fire within them um, to have a vision for how they want to use the arts um, and how they want to um, be a vehicle for the arts to be used um, is a great environment and the kind of people that I want to be working with. Um, so yeah, any place, and, and that's, that's what you guys are cultivating. Uh, that's what, um, what you guys exist for is to be a hub and an environment where that kind of cultivation can take place. And yeah, as um, people are getting that vision for their own journeys and wanting to take the next steps and recognizing that, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to have that vision uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of artists out there who um, and I want to do this I want to do this and they're inspired by folks who are out there doing it but in every art form um, the 
dedication and the discipline to hunker down and learn the skills and log the time that it takes to become a master at your craft. Um, you know, the best of the best in every industry, uh, that's, that's what it takes. And, you know, singers who, for me, um, that, that's who I want to be working with, the singers that have that vision and that motivation to move forward, but also recognize, okay, this is not a path for the faint of heart. And this isn't um, me just having these grand ideas um, and waiting for the heavens to open up and drop these packaged um, gifts right down in my lap. <clears throat> this is about me getting in there um, into the vocal gym, as I uh, refer to it often, mm -hmm. uh, and logging the time, building the muscles, finding the coordination, um, and establishing that foundation of skill that really allows for what wants to be unleashed through music um, to be unleashed. But it takes that dedication to developing the skill to be able to do it. I remember my last lesson. I remember telling you, I said, I feel like I just did like an ab workout or something. But let's it, you don't think of singing and think of like working out. But um, yeah, Tim puts you to work in, in a good way and grows you in a good way. And it, it, it's things that you'll learn that you never even thought of. But all of a sudden, your voice opens up and does these things that you've always wanted. And you just never knew how necessarily. So I love all of that. Yeah, that's really incredible for sure. Um, yeah. Um, so our next little spot we like to like always chime in is the um, any advice, any words of wisdom you can give to aspiring artists. As we as we know, there's so many people that say, "I want to, I wish, I can, but I don't know how." Like, what what would you say to them? as a vocal artist or as a vocal coach or as a creative in all endeavors? That's a pretty big question. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah. The, the first thing is, is to hone your craft um, and really take the passion and the vision that you have and get to work on it. Um, a lot of there's kind of um, you know when I when I talk to folks who aren't musicians about what I do they're like really you're a vocal coach so you can really teach somebody to sing like you can help somebody improve in that there's kind of this stigma around singing that you know we see the professionals get up there grab the microphone and we think oh well surely she must have just decided one day that this was something she was going to do and grab the microphone and, and that's what came out they make it look so easy mm -hmm. so um, <clears throat> recognizing that it's going to take um, dedication and hard work to get there it's one of the things I would say too specifically for singers um, in the genre that I work with pop and rock it's it's hard to find an instructor who number one really knows their technique has really studied the voice, knows how it works. Uh, my master's program was kind of like med school for the vocal coach, you know, studying anatomy and physiology and function of the voice. 
Um, so, you know, do you, so find somebody who really knows technique and has really studied the voice. Um, but then also find somebody who really understands the style that you want to sing in. Um, one of the challenges in my field is that the classical world kind of has a corner on the market of all of this knowledge of the voice and how it works. Yeah. So if you're going to go to school, you're going to come out with a class, a degree in classical voice. I mean, there's very few um, programs out there that really concentrate on um, commercial voice singing. So pop and rock um, styles. So if you get somebody who's coming from a, a classical mindset and approach, you're going to have singers who sound like they were trained by a trained coach. Um, right. Exactly. Really sound relevant. Um, a lot of the folks who I've worked with over the years, you know, they're, they can't believe they're coming to a vocal coach because they're, they've been terrified of being changed and the cool stylistic uniqueness of their voice, um, losing its edge from some trained coach um, making them sound, you know, like Josh Groban or Charlotte Church. <laughs> so, um, you know, finding someone who knows, tech, knows technique and has that background, but also really knows the style and understands your goals and has a proven track record of working with singers and helping them achieve the kind of style that um, are congruent with the goals that you have for your voice. Yeah, I definitely 100% agree. Like, it's a lot of people are like, oh, well, a lot of people don't even know what their voice is. They just kind of like emulate other people's voices because the culture, especially in like, let's say the worship culture or the pop culture or the um, rock, like, you know, it's like those three areas, like, they're very similar but also kind of extremely different and like a lot of people like oh like i want to sound like hillsong or i want to sound like mariah carey or i want to sound like you know another like rock band it's just like um well how like you know so it's like important to, to actually go to a coach to like like hey this is your range this is where you're at and like actually wrestle and ask those questions like what kind of vo voice or what kind of style you want i guess like because a lot of times like it's especially in today's day like everyone just like wants to be the next somebody instead of being the best them you know and i think that's something that you are empowering people to say no like i want to hear you not to hear somebody else you know mm -hmm. and i think that's what we're all doing as well because a lot of times when people look at their Instagram, let's just say that, or they look at YouTube and they're like, well, I see this. And I see they have millions of things happening. How do I get to there? You're like, no, you just stay in your lane. You stay the path and you continue to better yourself and don't let the outside voices like infect the inner you, you know? Yeah, totally. so, mm -hmm. yeah. I know like having you know, worked with him that he really gets to know us and he asks questions kind of, you know, you go in for vocal coaching 
Um, but as he said, there's a lot of things going on in your life, your relationships, things like that, that all affect this thing that you're trying to improve upon. And I think that that is key. Um, because when I went in there, I, I think I'm pretty much said, I want to be this, um, and going through the process for a couple of sessions now, um, that's changed dramatically. Um, and I have changed into, I actually like my own voice. And although I like a lot of other voices, I actually got to that point where I was like, you know, mine is unique to me and that's special, but that's something that I never thought before. I just always thought I was not good enough. Um, so that was one thing. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> uh, he, you know, kind of helped me through and with, and I'm excited to see kind of the next phases there. But I know that there's people out there hearing this podcast that will think those very same things. Um, and I would just encourage them to take that first step and talk to somebody like Tim. I mean, he, like you said, he's available online and also in the Seattle area um, and surrounding areas close by, I think. <laughs> but um, that first step can be the hardest and the most scary uh, step and super vulnerable, but I don't think you'll regret it. <laughs> well, I uh, totally agree. And I've only heard great things about you, Tim. So from my all peers, good. yeah, <laughs> all good. So they're all definitely like, you know, formulated in a way to give you the best, <laughs> the best feedback. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He, he pays you pay him to give you vocal lessons. He pays you to give them good feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so, Tim, how do people find you? Um, I know you have a website. I don't know if the website is right, right because of the, the Glee thing. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, localartistry.com <laughs> is the website. And the uh, both the online and... Um, Seattle-based programs start back up in September. Um, I offer two five-month programs a year, one that goes from September through January, and then a spring program that goes February through June. And then I um, go graze um, for a couple months in July and August and recharge the batteries to come back. So. Uh, yeah, uh, just after Labor Day in September, we'll uh, we'll kick things back off, and um, so the timing is good. If if folks are interested in jumping on board, um, spots are already filling up in both of those programs um, online and the Seattle-based program, and I limit it to a s smaller group. I, I opened it up a little bit. Um, in Seattle this last year just to accommodate and um, eventually I'm gonna have to be bringing some other teachers on board to help um, with the um, amount of interest that I have in the programs but for now it's it's all um, instruction with me um, but there are limited number of spots um, just so that that group class environment um, can stay intimate and you really get to know everybody that you're in this journey along with. So I just have 12 spots in both the online and the um, Seattle-based program. So the timing is good. Um, registration is open for those starting up this fall. And yeah, you can find it on um, the website, vocalartistry.com. 
Awesome. And then do you have any social media that people can follow or anything like that? Or you see? know, I'm, I'm arguably the worst self-promoter in the world, but I've got <laughs> come alongside that are trying to help me with that and say, Tim, you know, you really should get better at this. So um, I've got a YouTube channel with um, some uh, vocal coaching uh, videos, like just some short um, little uh, tips and instructional videos. Um, just uh, I'm starting to put up some more. I released the first in a series that's coming out this summer of um, introducing people to singers that I've worked with and showing them footage of the very first lesson that I had with these singers. And then um, showing three months later um, what these singers are doing. And so the first of those uh, was just released. Um, uh, Jordan, a gal out in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and it's pretty inspiring to see where she started and three months later where she ended up. So some more of those coming um, in the next weeks. So yeah, YouTube. Um, but yeah, eventually I've heard there's this Twitter thing that I should like get on board with and um, stuff. So, but yeah, for right now, just, just YouTube um, channel and the website. And you can find those video resources on the website as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Tim, thanks. Thanks so much for your time. Like yep. you literally have opened my eyes a lot to vocal coaching. I've never done it or I've heard about it, but like, you know, like you said before, like you can teach people to sing, like those kinds of people that come and give you those feedback. Like it is definitely more, more so of a journey you're walking alongside with other people instead of just like, oh yeah, like, and hit an A flat or hit this or different kinds of things. Or can you read sheet music? That's kind of like the way that I was taught going to school for audio engineering and music business and like all these different kinds of things. Like, it's like, oh, your scales are peggios. You have these vocal ranges, you do choir the whole nine yards. And then you're like, and now you've arrived, but you're like, no, it's not a system. It's like, it's actually a longer process. Yeah. You have to like walk through. So like, yeah, I really do appreciate all the words that you said and the impact you're making in all of our lives. Like whether it is not, it's indirectly for me, but directly for Amber. Um, and it's like really cool to see your impact. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for the chance to be on here and um, great to hear more about what you guys are doing and excited for the future and where things are headed for you guys. Yes, and thank you for being such a good vocal coach for me personally. And I'm excited to see who else you end up coaching through this. Me too. Yeah, thanks so much. It's been fun to work with you, Amber, and have a front row seat to um, the things that you've broken through and the things that have emerged from your voice. So excited and hope we get to continue working together. Me too. Awesome. awesome. We will. <laughs> we will definitely work together. Don't worry. Probably Steven. <laughs> Steven too. He's already in on this. I can <laughs> it's gonna be right. awesome. Yeah, Amber we're gonna have some travel there. time. <laughs> yep, I just I just I just did that. That happened. Awesome. So hopefully people have all the ways to get a hold of Tim. Just take that step, man. Take that first step. It's hard, it's scary, but you will not regret it. So thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.